And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Sideline Talk Podcast. Um, another week. It's been a while for me anyway. Um, but yeah, Dale, I know you jumped on last week, so thank you very much for that. Usually, I would prepare, I would do some notes, some bits and bobs, some watching football. But I thought, what the heck? I've been busy at work um, and there is so much to dive into. Really, uh, we're going to be talking the weekend games. Obviously, Liverpool winning at Spurs. Arsenal, London is red. We are still top of the league. Uh, we're going to be talking FSG, selling Liverpool. Uh, obviously, lots going on there. And World Cup, look, less than two weeks away until England's first game against Iran. We're going to be giving our predictions for the 26-man squad. Um, but yeah, anyone that tunes in, make sure you smash that like button and do hit the subscribe if you are new. Um, lots of content each way, even in the World Cup as well. But yeah, boys, let's jump straight in. Dale, how are you doing, mate? All good things good? Yeah, all good, thank you, mate. Big win for the Reds at the weekend. Uh, feels good to uh, come on, and we've actually had a decent performance for a change. Still wasn't perfect. I know. But it's I about time for you lot, isn't it? <laughs> I've actually been enjoying throwing you under the mud, but not so much this week. You've done a job for us. Um, obviously, you boys are right down the table. Spurs are creeping up on us a little bit, but that gap has now adjusted thanks to Liverpool. So, yeah, Mo Salah, a little dancer. Um, Lee, how are things with you, mate? All good yeah, so far? Obviously, father versus son at the weekend. My dad being a Spurs fan. So, um, yeah, life is good, mate, in the footballing world. Senior Kingham, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, but, yeah, let's dive into the games. Um, and then we're going to touch on, obviously, we'll, we'll sort of go into the FSG situation as we're um, on Spurs. But what I'll do is I'll bring the results from the weekend to the bottom. Uh, some big wins there, to be honest. Obviously, Bournemouth... Leeds coming from behind. I mean, that's twice now for Bournemouth. Two, uh, twice in two weeks where they've let a lead slip. Um, what do you make of this result, Dale? And obviously, Bournemouth started off really, really well. Uh, the turnaround after Scott Parker just looked brilliant. And they were sitting in a really good position in the table. But um, what's your thoughts on this result? And what have you made of Leeds so far this season? I think, I think Leeds have actually been unlucky with their results that they've had this season. I have, I think they played really well against Arsenal, didn't get a result. Um, there's been a few other games where they've actually played quite well in and they've not got a result to match it. Um, obviously, Liverpool being the Robin Hood of the Premier League, we give them three points. Um, and then, again, they. I think the problem with Leeds at the minute is they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit where they're having to claw, the, claw their way back in games rather than actually getting themselves ahead and then maintaining it. Um, but I think I think they're actually been okay, Leeds. I think I think the results, as I say, haven't really matched their performances. He's gone dark. He's gone quiet. He's frozen. He's at. He's not. Here we go. <laughs> the technical difficulties are back. <sighs> Apologies, everyone. Sorry, this this is a cost of living crisis for you. Yeah, bless you. Unfold internet. <laughs> no. Nah. Would you make of it, Lee? Give me give us your thoughts. What did you make of it until Den's back? Um. Well, yeah. Obviously, tight game. I think that's credit to both teams. Obviously, um, clearly showing fighting spirit, which is what you're going to need if you're in a relegation scrap that they both are. Um. And Leeds just obviously had the had the bit of extra quality on the day, I suppose. Um. Just two wins on a bounce for them, which is what you, which is so so vital can be can be so vital and pivotal when it comes down to the crunch at the end of the season. P 
picking up those points earlier on in the season just does you wonders. So, like, fair play to him. You know, Jesse Marsh has mm. got him scrapping for everything. Yeah. And uh, Dale, I've got to bring it up. Haaland, when are we going to admit defeat? We've got to do it now. Man City 2, Fulham 1. Obviously, I was gutted because I thought, wow, you know, if City drop points here and then we beat Chelsea, which we went on to do, then we're really in business. But the man cannot be stopped. He was on the bench for majority of the game, came on in the second half, goal disallowed, and then he thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it right at the end. But I want to get your thoughts on the penalty. To me, very, very soft. What was your thoughts? Uh, it's soft, but I think it's still a penalty. At the end of the day, I think De Bruyne's on the turn. He's clearly kicks the back of his leg. I don't think that it's theatrical from from De Bruyne and he's kind of sold the referee a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, if it's for your team, if it was Arsenal, if it was Liverpool, I think we'd all be shouting for a penalty there. Um, it's one of them. It's, it's it's one of them that if it gets given, you, ha- you it's fine. If it doesn't get given, you sort of go, oh, I can see why it mm. wasn't given. I felt for Fulham because that'd have been a cracking result as well. Like to get a point at, at the Etihad, not many teams are going to do it this mm. season. Not many teams have. So I did feel for them to, and what, I found very interesting is how no one was speaking of the fact De Bruyne looked like he dived. If that was any other player in the Premier League, you know, the world's gone mad. But um, you know what? Three points is three points for City. We're still top. Um, but I thought, it, to me, it was soft. I think it was I soft. think De Bruyne got away with it. I think I, I, I feel like there wasn't enough contact. In some angles, it didn't actually look like there was any contact at all. Um, but I think I, yeah. I look at it from I tried to look at it from a perspective that if that was Liverpool, would I be shouting for a penalty? And the answer is yeah. So I can I yeah. can sort of I can sort of accept them ones, but I still think it was. Yeah. Agree with pen to paper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you Arsenal Chris, fans. Right, we'll see you to, Saturday, you my Arsenal, friend. Arsenal fans about to realise how fucking exhausting it is mm. to be in a title race with City. Every time you think they're going to drop, drop points, they'll get some sort of controversial decision that will just allow them to rescue it. We saw it look like last year. With what was it that team. happened last season? Can you remind me what it happened was, last season? It was uh, Rodri Hamble. Rodri Hamble. Rodri Hamble. Yeah. Um, against Everton. But not just um, that, they also got a dodgy penalty against Arsenal about a week or so before that, didn't they? Yeah. I don't think that was a penalty. Mm-hmm. The one that Xhaka, I think Xhaka... It wasn't a penalty, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't think this was a penalty. I think imagine if that was Mo Salah who went down like De Bruyne did. Everyone would be saying mm. he's the biggest, or Harry Kane. Everyone would be saying he's the biggest diver in the Premier League. Not a penalty for me. Contacts allowed in football. Not enough to. That's not enough for me to for him to go down like there's a fucking sniper on the roof. I do agree. I do agree with Lee. Not not contact doesn't mean foul, but I think in the context mm. of that that he was on the turn. He was potentially going to get a shot away on goal. I think that's probably what swayed it. But he did go down. Yeah. Dram- it did go down dramatically. Like I will say that it wasn't. It wasn't a nailed-on penalty. If it wasn't given, I would. I would have had no issues with it. Not uh, this is what I mean. I think the game has gone soft. Um, like we we all play football. Dale, you play football. Lee, you've played football. I play football twice a week, and we know it's not always a foul just because there's contact there. Professionally, they should see that as well. You know, some things you just got. You just got to let go. Um, what about the? Fulham pen lads. Just before we move on from that game, uh, Chris brought in a comment in here. Um, it's hard because looking at looking at both, you look at one and you think, "Oh, that looks obvious compared to the Bruiners." But I think I think the Fulham penalty is a penalty, but I think the consistency falls down because 
the next day, I know we're going to touch on the Liverpool Spurs game, but I think Trent Alexander Arnold does exactly the same thing almost, and it's not a penalty for Spurs. So mm. it's consistency at the minute, and it's 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 hard. It is hard. Like I say, we could all probably have a different. We could all watch ten different um, penalties given this season, and we'd all probably give ten different arguments as to why it should or shouldn't be given. Um, it is what it is at the end of the day. If the ref gives it, I suppose it's a penalty. I, I think that's the way we've got to look at it, whether we agree with it or yeah, not. The, the way I see it, nothing is a surprise in this game anymore. But yeah, look, Fulham very unlucky. Um, City go on to win again. Haaland again on the score sheet. Can this man be stopped? Uh, but I want to move on. I want to touch on Wolves especially now because obviously they've just brought a new manager in. But never in my life... Seeing the lineup and squad that Wolves have got, did I expect to see them in the bottom three? Um, Dale, do you think Diego Costa can turn things around at this point? I know this sounds bizarre, but I mean, 19th in the league they sit, and I could name you at least five players I would take from their team right now. Uh, but yeah, another sore game for them um, against Brentford. What's your take on this? And do you? What's your thought on the management um, appointment as well? Because I know there's a lot of talk of him being just as negative as what Bruno Lage was. Uh, they're a bit of a they're a bit of a weird one, Wolves, ain't they? Because like you say, I think a lot of a lot of rival fans or fans of other teams quite like the players that they've got, and we probably all sort of say, "Oh, we wouldn't want. I'd have him. I'd have him. I'd have him." You know, Neto, Neves, just a couple there that would probably get into most squads in the top six or especially for Liverpool and, and, and Arsenal would probably take them too. Um but that said yeah you I like Podence decent... as well. He's a bit of a decent player to be fair. They've got a lot of decent players. I just think that they're lacking they're lacking a striker for a start as Jimenez has never been the same from when he got injured. Mm. Um I think they're also selling um Connor Cody and Willie Bowley in the same window didn't make sense to me at all. You know, yeah. they've been sort of stalwarts. They are conceding a lot of goals compared to last season as well. Like last season, they was one of the best defensively mm -hmm. in the league. And then this, they're falling it's apart. Almost like a, it's almost I like Connor, a... Connor, Connor, I think you've got to give kudos to Connor Cody with that. He was their captain. He was their linchpin at the back. And he's now gone to Everton, who are a lot more solid at the back. There's, mm. there's, there's like a clear... It's clear where the issue is there. They obviously take out Cody, goes to another team, they improve and Wolves go. No. I think it's a bit weird as well because you can't really give the argument to Wolves that they need to balance the books because they're not ridiculously high spenders. They don't really spend a huge amounts of money. Um, they're quite they're quite good in their transfer policy, the way that they spend their money. They're not huge spenders. So it's, it's just a weird one. I don't think they're, I think they're just lacking a bit of direction. They're lacking a... a, yeah. a, a nice they'll they'll come back up 100%. We don't know, mate. At the end of the day, because I mean, this new guy for for all he's all he's had, he's been sacked by Real Madrid. He's been sacked by the Spanish national team. He's not particularly pulled up trees yeah. at Seville. I mean, I don't really see what they're what they're seeing with him. I don't know what they're yeah. what, what's their. I mean, their levels. Surely their level this season cannot be staying up. It just cut like because That's they are now. just. It's got to be now. It? It's got to be now. Yeah. If you ask any I, Wolves fan, now, I think it's too early on in the season to. But look at Leicester. Two weeks ago, we were putting Leicester in that bracket. Now look at them; they are they are completely away. So well, we're almost halfway through the season now, mate. Leicester, yeah. you know, we're we're getting to that point where not many teams 
come back from this. Most teams, when you get to sort of Christmas, if you're down there, you tend to be down there for the rest of the season. Yeah, they, they, you sort of usually you say you know where your season's going after about the first 10 games, and we're what about 13 games in a week. Well, we're all right then. Come on, come on, we're all right then. Let's yeah, have you, it. You, you, can't, you can't deny that you're in a title race anymore, mate. So, yeah. Not after Sunday, no, definitely not. Uh, but yeah, we are going to get into that. few more results there. Um, to be honest, the one standing out for me is Palace's win at West Ham. Right? West Ham are just off the boil this season. They're getting good results and then they're just getting pathetic ones like this. Uh, Zaha had a great game, to be honest, from what I saw in the highlights. Uh, Nottingham Forest, 2 all with Brentford. Yeah, look, it's a game I probably look at and I don't want to watch. Um, but yeah, Brighton... I'm a bit worried about tomorrow night after getting that result at Wolves. Uh, I'll be I'll be completely real with you. I know we're going to rest players uh, because we have to. Our players are probably still a bit exhausted from the Chelsea win. Um, and yeah, the Derby's ticking the right boxes with what they're doing at the moment. He's not playing bad football at all. Got a win at Chelsea, obviously. Got a win here. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to have to move on to Sunday afternoon because then there's more to discuss and it was two big wins not just the one but London everybody is red and Arsenal are top of the league and you know what I'm going to drink away Chelsea's tears because that is our third win on the trots at Stamford Bridge um, I'm pretty sure we've one out of the last five we've won three drawn one and lost the other so I'll take Ground buzzing with it. Um, Dale, what do you make of this? And obviously, Arsenal, there's been a lot of talk, Gary Neville in particular, talking a lot on needs to keep consistency with this because you're saying one thing about Tottenham, one thing about Arsenal, and I just don't get it. But what's your thought on this win for Arsenal? And do you generally see them going the whole way now in this title race? I thought it was pretty convincing as it could be against another top six, to be fair, away at a top six rival. Um, before the game, I, I actually had a feeling that Chelsea might turn up and it would be a lot harder for Arsenal than, than it actually turned out to be. Um, but in the end, you can't really deny that Arsenal were pretty comfortable in the whole game, really. I don't really remember Ramsdale being troubled. Mm, I don't no. remember a clear... I don't remember sitting there going, oh, what a chance for Chelsea or what a save. He just wasn't really troubled. I thought Ben White looked good at right back as he has done. I thought Saliba just dealt with Aubameyang pretty comfortably. Didn't really give him a sniff. Um, I Nothing personal. <laughs> I thought you won the midfield battle pretty easily. I think that uh, Partey. I'm not a massive fan of Partey, and I'm not. I'm a little bit. Um, I've been a little bit sort of underwhelmed with him since he's been at Arsenal. But I thought that game against Chelsea was one of the first games that I've seen where I've gone. He looks a real player now, Thomas Partey in that midfield. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was quite comfortable. I think the only worry, slight worry, is that for as good as Jesus is. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's going to get the goals that Arsenal need. I really don't. I think that's nine now without a goal uh, for mm. Jesus, and he's starting now to be. Is he any? I know he he links the play really well, and he and he's busy, and he does a lot of work off the ball, and he does a lot of work for the team. But I think at the end of the day, if you're going to beat City to a title, you need someone who's going to score a shed load of goals, and I'm not sure he's going to be the man for it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a tough one because. I look at it and I think Lacazette brought everything but the goals. So we've just brought someone in that's bringing in everything but the goals at the moment. He started off well mm. and now he's hitting a bit of a blank. So it's a tough one. But Lee, what's your thoughts on the title race? Do you think we can stay in this? Yeah, 
you're winning every game pretty much. So why not? You've had good results against. Mm. You, you beat us. You beat Chelsea. Um, you're, you're yet to play your biggest contender, City. So that's going to be the real, the real big test and how that goes. Um, but you know, you've beat Spurs. So you just got to keep, just got to keep winning. Take each each game as it comes. That's what they always say. Uh, there's nothing to suggest that you can't you can't stay up there really. Like fair enough that when you first started the season, it was like, oh, they're gonna they'll fall off eventually. That might still happen when it rolls around to February. February is normally the time of the season when it does happen for Arsenal. Like you know, remember years come years come by. It used to be called like the month of the month of Arsenal because you just go out of every competition in a month. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I suppose. So I just, someone's got to challenge City. Why can't it be Arsenal? Mm. No one else is going to. Yeah, agreed. Tough itself. Saliba. Go on, Dale. Sorry, I was going to say. I think a lot of it rests on Arsenal keeping everybody fit as well. I think if all of a sudden you lose mm. one of your centre backs, I think if you lose potentially Partey, if Jesus is to come back from the World Cup with a knock, all of a sudden you're playing in Ketia up front with Mohamed El Nani and Rob Holding. You know that's the level that that's the drop from what you've got. Your first eleven is so strong, but I'm not sure that you would be able to withstand that if you lose two or three players. Mm. Yeah, the depth is a worry. Um, I think that's why a lot of people are saying about the World Cup as well. Oh, if he doesn't make it, it doesn't matter because we're that worried about depth for the moment where it is just a case of one player getting a bad knock and we are in a bit of a tricky situation. We're looking at, yeah, like you said, the likes of El Nenny or Eddie Nketiah to, to play at a massive level competing with City. Uh, but in terms of the game, I thought Saliba was incredible. Um, I'll be very surprised if he hasn't got that... Um, call up for France I don't know when they announce their squad I know we're going to touch on World Cup in a little bit but Saliba's got to be the main man you're looking at in Arsenal at the moment and thinking nah he's he's been brilliant he's been last time he played for France he got subbed off half time because he had a shocker (laughs) yeah but I think he gets in for me I'm looking at it and I'm thinking how many French players are how many French players are in better form than him at the moment though in yeah, defence. That's, that's in defence. Club for that's club form. Mm. Well, you can't like, go off. They're not playing in the country. Yeah, how can you go off country they're, form? They're, that's that's what France do. If you haven't noticed, a lot of countries do. Do they mm. like Germany, France? They have England their, they have their favourites. Yeah. That's and if like, last time, last time he's played for him, he's had an absolute shocker and had to be hauled off at half time. It's, he's not in good stead for it. Well. Um, as well as that, Gabriel Martinelli, who has got the call up, that was confirmed yesterday. He had another great game. Um, to be honest, I'm speechless about him at the moment because uh, I looked at it and I thought, oh, we, you know, we're flustered with talent on the left wing. And Martinelli, I thought he's good, but you know, he's getting there and he's getting into that level where people are putting him because I thought people were just putting him in a bracket which he didn't belong in at that point. But now he's starting to prove people right. Um, and yeah, it was a cracking game for the midfield. Jacker in particular. I don't know what's going on this season and when it's going to... I hope it never ends, but he's in the confidence of his life at the moment. If I was the Switzerland manager, I'd be looking at our games and just thinking, right, the only problem being is that he's playing in a different role to what he would for Switzerland. But that's another story. Three points. Uh, Aubameyang absolutely kept out. I thought Sterling as well had a shocker. He was just tiny. He just looked tiny up against everything, not winning any balls. Um, But yeah, we'll take it. 
just on Chelsea, just on Chelsea quickly, mate. I think yeah, I, th- I, I actually think they're in the worst crisis out of all the top six. I know there's been a lot of talk about Liverpool and a lot of talk about um, Spurs, some of the performances, but I actually think Chelsea are worst at the worst out of all of them. They've got, I mean, I, I can't put my finger on what they would need to do other than spend a load more money, but they've already spent millions. Yeah. And the players they bought in are poor, mate. I've spoke. Ooh. I spoke about this with someone in the pub actually on Sunday. Um, I was speaking to a Chelsea fan because he was one of my. He was with one of my mates, and I said like, "You're in it." I said like, "You're right." Like you look at that midfield, and I'm thinking, "Blimey, Loftus Cheek is getting in at the moment." Mm. So it's like, "Wow, that's how bad it's getting." And then you look at Conte. He's on his Conte's on his way. Up, so you're like, "Okay, it's another player you have got to replace." Mount doesn't. He's just too inconsistent. It's another one. And then you've got Havertz, Ziyech. All, the, all these people here and I'm like you're probably going to need to get rid of all that lot to get rid scrap to keep one sign another and then you've got the striker situation the Bamiyang's not going to last forever so I'm like wow you've actually got a lot of work to do and yeah you've brought an owner in that wants to spend the money but the players aren't out there the players are not all out there then you're not guaranteed to tick every box either it's happened with a lot of teams Chelsea in particular where you can spend 60 mil on a striker doesn't mean he's going to bring in the numbers. You know, we saw it with Lukaku. They brought in Lukaku of, and he didn't do anything. Do you know one of the biggest worries for me that for Chelsea is, is that they seem to sign players like who look good in other teams as soon as they go into a Chelsea team. They, they sign names like, as well, don't they? I feel like they just like signing names. But oh, they, don't he's, improve, they don't improve anybody. Kukurela's gone to Brighton and he's gone from Brighton where he looked unbelievable. He's gone backwards. Raheem Sterling's gone from Man City where he was getting 20 plus goals a season. Look, it's gone backwards. Abamyang, all right, you can argue that he was already backwards by the time he got there. But Conor Gallagher, look at Conor Gallagher, for example, one of the most mm. exciting young talents playing for under Patrick Vieira at Palace. He looks a shadow of the player at, at Chelsea. It's, yeah. it's, they, they ruin players, mate. They literally ruin players. You they, could, they, I think the argument with like Gallagher and Cucurella and stuff like that is they looked good because they were playing in lesser teams. and They're, they're, mm. they're possibly not good enough to play for a big city team. Yeah, but, yeah, I can understand that, but not. But you would think that a good player in a poor team would look even better with even better players around him. The only, I think, the only, the only, the only saving grace I would give Chelsea at the moment, they should be happy that they kept Thiago Silva, is because yeah, he actually, he, yeah, but he was the best of a bad bunch on Sunday. I think if he's not in that defence, we tear them apart limb from limb. I think we're winning that three or four nil if he's not in that. You know in, in my in my honest what? opinion, we should have taken away our chances anyway. Like Jesus, I think he scuffered at least at least two chances, um, but Silva just seemed to he, he did a job at the back compared to the others anyway. Um, I don't know how what? much of a confidence boost that is because the rest of them were trash. But the one thing that that would worry me as well if I was like, a lot of my family are Chelsea fans and I have to listen to the to the to them moaning a lot. And one of the things they always say is that they're too reliant on Chilwell and Reese James, and if them two don't play. Chelsea have nothing else. That their, yeah. their whole game plan falls out the window without their fullbacks. Um, so, I mean, Dave Aspilicueta. He's he, 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 <laughs> Dave. Can someone Dave. actually can I, can someone actually explain? So ba- when, basically, when, when, when Dave, Dave, I'm thinking, who the hell? So, so yeah. So they didn't have to say his name. So they just said, "We'll just call him Dave." But I think I think Chelsea they've signed a lot. I think they've tried to sign players that are good to go now, like the likes of Koulibaly, um, Raheem Sterling, thinking that maybe they could get a trophy over the line now. But I think it's completely blown up in their face because 
It's always been their way. It's like they've done it under the whole Roman era. They've always done it, haven't they? They've always just signed massive players. You know, Torres, fucking Kesman, um, Michael yeah, Ballack. Yeah. You know, they always just whoever it is, whoever's big at the time, they'll just like Lukaku. They just whack money at them to try and get the big names in and try and get instant success. It's like it's the Chelsea way, really. If like managers will get sacked for finishing second, they won't accept. Mm. They won't ex- like. They spend a lot of money and expect big things, but not always going to work, is it? Potter's on borrowed time already. You know, he's just lost two on. He's just lost a couple on a bounce. He got spanked by Brighton for one. Now he's just lost to their rivals at home to their rivals, Arsenal. Like it's not been a good start for him. Like, Mm. yeah, he's on borrowed time already. If you're not being successful at Chelsea, you're out the door. Especially with the ownership yeah. that well, they've they now got on spend, top. They will spend money in January a lot. Yeah, but that's when he really does need to deliver because if they spend again in January, he's got, he's got nothing. To, he can't sit there and bargain because they'll just be like, you know, we've I think done the what o- you I think the only thing that saves Potter at the minute is that they're not his players. He's They're not players that he's mm. brought in. So I He think should have brought someone like Trozard or someone maybe with him. Just someone just to... Spice things up a bit. The transfer window wasn't open when he joined, so I think. Yeah, that's the only thing. Like, it would have been it would have been beneficial if he joined in January because at least then he can bring who he knows, bring someone he's got a relationship with. No, you can't. Um, When you're the manager of Brighton and Chelsea come knocking, you can't then say to them, "No, wait." Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only thing. He he was put in a difficult situation because he's not going to say no. But I think the time he's coming is horrible because he needs time he hasn't got, uh, like Lee said, but. We will move on and talk about something that's a bit more of a lighter note for you boys. Uh, finally, getting a win. Um, I say that as if you've been, like you've not won this season, but it feels like that way for Liverpool. Uh, Lee, I'll go to you first because I know this must have been a joyful watch with Kingham Senior sat next to you. Uh, give me your thoughts on the game, pal. Uh, it was truly a game of two halves. Classic old football adage. Uh, first half, Liverpool were absolutely superb, fully deserved their two-goal lead at half-time. Eric Dyer cracking defending. Um, nice to see the Eric Dyer of old creeping out for that second goal. Um, Starts for England yeah. still, by the way. I know we're going to touch on England. He won't, but no, he won't start. He won't start. The, the, cra- the crazy thing is he potentially could at the moment. We're running out of defenders. John Stones. Um, nah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably enjoyed the first half. And I think I lost my arsehole in second half. Um, I don't know. Uh, we we it was we were hanging in there big time. Um, it's so good to see Canate back. I mean, we talked about you talked about Saliba, a French defender earlier. Canate is fucking different gravy. That boy is a beast. Um, just make he actually makes such a difference to our team. Um, I'm excited to see his sort of how his career pans out with us because he's got some potential on him. Um, and yeah, I thought we were very lucky to hang on in the end. But Salah, Salah was brilliant. Salah was brilliant as well. His goal is both both his goals are cracking finishes. Um, I've got to say this for you, by the way. He really is a top six player, isn't he? He really is a top six player. He loves a game against us. I don't yeah, think against. I don't think against us as often. Um, I can't think of when he scored. He's, his, He's scored 44 goals against the top six since he's played for Liverpool. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And uh, credit to Nunes as well for actually setting up the first one as well. Um, he was a good threat throughout. Um, yeah, I was I was very I was very happy with how that first half went, and just I was just 
very scared during the second half. I thought I thought we could have been a lot better in the second half, but, but we but we hang on, um, and that's kind of that's what you need to do sometimes to get results. Especially it's Tottenham away. You don't want to go down. When you, you're not expecting to go to Tottenham. As much as I hate this lot, yeah. don't get me wrong, scum of the earth, Tottenham. But you don't expect to go Tottenham away and win comfortably. There's a lot. Um, there's think... a lot of the same old, same old talking points. Like the second half, the midfield were pretty much non-existent. Um, they just could not keep the ball. Sort of ran out of legs. Um, for Trent done some fucking fantastic passings, and his, some of his vision was unbelievable. But again, some of his defending was very sceptical. I think he touched on the penalty penalty shout earlier. Uh, that that could have been given. Um, so yeah, it was pretty much it was same old, same old. But it was just I think Salah's class just made the difference, really. Yeah, he just took his chances, didn't he? Um, yeah, took the chances when they came to him. But Dale, we'll go to you. I want to get your thoughts, and you might echo some of what Lee said. And then I want to go from that into the discussion of the elephant in the dressing room: the fact that FSG are finally leaving. Um, and I'm looking forward to having that conversation, to be honest, because. I'm, I, I know very little. I hear a lot of Liverpool fans moaning about the ownership. And from, from an outsider point of view, I find it difficult to listen to because you've been, from what I can see, you've been backed enough. Maybe not the perfect amount, but you've, you know, you've had the backing. You brought in Nunes. Um, you brought in Diaz, you know, two of the best attackers in the league, potentially Nunes anyway. Um, but yeah, give me your thoughts on the game. And then I want to spin into the FSG talk as well. Yeah, I pretty much agree with Lee, to be fair. I thought we, first first half, I thought we looked really sharp. We looked kind of back to the Liverpool that we know. We were we were, we were, were sort of not pressing with the real intensity we've seen before. We did it more in a strategic way. Um, I thought Nunes, just every time this guy plays, he's so chaotic and so unpredictable. I don't think even he knows what he's going to do half the time. Um, but he's so hard to, he's so hard to play against because he he's got everything he's, he can run in behind he can hold it up he can flick it on he can he can out muscle you he can out run you um I think he's really getting better and better and better with each game that he's playing and he's understanding what Liverpool want from him um I thought in the beginning of the season that ball that went into him for the first goal he may have tried to have a shot or he would have tried to do something silly whereas he just kept calm found a pass and he actually did almost did a carbon copy of their first goal in the second half um, to Salah, but Salah's shot just weren't quite as, as clinical. Um, Salah just being Salah, 44 goals against the top six now since he's been at Liverpool. Um, he's just clinical in front of goal now, I think. He, he, you can't afford to give him a chance um, because nine times out of ten, as we, as we, as we know, it'll end up in the back of the net. Um, agree I feel like a lot, of his, a lot of his goals, a lot of his opportunities come in like similar fashion as well. Always one-on-one -on -one or just having yeah. to get round well, the defender. The but that's the that's the side of a top player, mate. That even yeah. though you know what he's going to do, you still can't stop it. Um, I agree with Lee with Canate. It's it, having Canate in the team to do the the initial press so that Van Dijk can sweep up. But Van Dijk's so much better at reading the game and sweeping up behind when he's the one who has to do the engaging and he leaves it to Matip or Gomez to sweep up. We don't look nowhere near as good defensively. Um, so having Konate being that that sort of presence who goes and presses, he was on Harry Kane like a rash mate. First half, Harry Kane had nothing. He just bullied him out of the game the first half. Um, Trent again. I mean, I I really want to defend Trent when it comes to his defending, but honestly, it's so it's school it is schoolboy at times. It really is. You got Vin I, you got you got Vinicius Junior to look forward to, mate. I can't wait to watch that. It, 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 the, the thing is, he get. It, he gets himself in good positions, but then he still finds himself on the on the wrong side. I don't know how he does it. 
There was one. There was what. There was one perfect example in the first half where Perisic was running behind him, and any normal any streetwise defender would have just got their body there, stopped, and took the foul. But he somehow ended up being the wrong side of him, and then Perisic got in. And I thought to myself, how was he? How was is that? Is that where he tried to push him? Yeah, it's like yeah. he tried to get into a fight with him when all he had to do was stand, let Perisic yeah. run he into had, him, and he, he had got a foul. Covering him as well. He had yeah, covering him, so I think. Do you know to... what I think it is? I think I've actually nailed it with Trent. Is that he thinks too much about what he's going to do when he gets the ball before he's actually got the ball. It's almost like he's thinking two or three steps ahead of what he's going to do if he can nick the ball at that particular moment. But he's actually then by the time he goes to do it, the, that chance and opportunity is gone. Um, I think the penalty for Spurs was, I think it's a penalty, personally. Um, I think he I think he, he pushes him um, in the back. There's an argument to say that he potentially was going to go down anyway, but I don't think you can give the referee a, a decision to make like that. And I think we got away with that one. Um, but yeah, I agree with Lee as well. Second half, legs in the midfield again. It seems like we get to 60 minutes with this midfield and then we just run out of energy. So that's that's a big concern. I think we're desperate for a for a for a centre midfielder who can get around the pitch, somebody who can last ninety minutes and 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 do that job now because I just don't see that um, Henderson, Fabinho, or Thiago just they don't have the legs to be in there all together. Anyway. With um, with Sunday's game, like the whole of that first half, all you heard on commentary was. Spurs are one of those teams that get better as the game goes on. Spurs are one of those teams that get better as the game goes on. <laughs> so you kind of fucking you knew that second half. Who was commentating? Gary Neville. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I do think I do think I've also this, a million times. I do think also the second half we kind of gave them that impetus because we were two 0 up. Yeah. We didn't need to go for a third goal really, and I think it was quite good to see us manage a game out. I know that Tottenham got a goal back, but after the goal they scored through Kane, they didn't really create much else after that it was before that where the Perisic hit the crossbar then Kane scored it didn't have the bloody attack to the formation he put out was suicide it was either like I looked at the formation that he was they were playing and I thought this is either very very clever and you're going to get away with one or this is a suicide it's a shit show and it's going to be a shambles I like, because like... I, I didn't understand I, I think it was like a 3-5-1-1 in the end um, it, it just looked a bit Mental. I think, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I think as well that um, you have to blame Lloris a little bit for the second goal because if you watch mm. Lloris, if you watch Lloris on the second goal, Dyer makes a hash of it. Sure, it's a shocking header backwards, but Lloris actually backtracks. He, he's, he's on the penalty spot when the header comes, <laughs> and he backtracks, and then by the time Salah gets the ball, he comes back out. He, he mm. completely makes a hash of what he should have either come straight away and just tried to clear everything. But he, he takes like three or four steps back to, to his six-yard box. And then by the time Salah gets the ball, he then comes rushing out to him. It didn't really make sense to me. I thought any decent goalie should have been just coming straight out for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would, well, I would blame firmly with Dyer, to be honest. It was such a bad header. I don't know, the reason Larice's indecision is because the header's so, so fucking terrible and he's not expecting it. Boys, as much as I love to sit and talk about Tottenham losing, but I don't like speaking about Spurs... I want to talk about this massive news coming out of Liverpool after the big win at Tottenham. Um, FSG are set to sell Liverpool. Um, John Henry is set to part ways. Lee, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I want to get your thoughts on like what this means for Liverpool, the type of investors you can see coming in. 
what you'd like to see done, what the priority should be. Let my me have thoughts, it. My thoughts on a takeover. Yep. Show me the money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where the hell did he get them glasses? <laughs> they're just sitting in front of me in my bar. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I know it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for, but fuck it. Um, I, th- I feel like the owners have realised they've always. I feel like a lot of the time they've 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 done what's best for the club. So mm-hmm. I'll give credit where it's due. They've been in the club 10, 11 years, whenever it is, whatever it is, um, and they've brought success to the club. They've done a lot of things. They've we've obviously got a new. We've got a new training ground since they've arrived. They've redeveloped Anfield. You know what? What more can you ask for for owners other than developing funds in the in the actual first eleven? And the squad. Um, so I, I think they've realised that now maybe they've obviously, like Man City have announced their commercial income this week and they, they probably realised we can't compete with that anymore. We need, it's best for Liverpool if we sell the club, we're going to make a hefty profit through it. I mean, they bought it for 300 million or whatever it is and they're selling it for billions of billions of, billions of quid. So they're making an enormous profit on it um, and it's going to be someone. I think it's it's going to be a ridiculously rich owner who's going to buy it. Um, you just got to hope that their intentions are correct. They pass a fit and proper owners test or whatever that is these days, whatever that consists of. Um, and they're not just going to fuck this club up. One well, from Saudi. I mean, the way Newcastle are going at the minute. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like it's going to be like a Dubai-based or Saudi-based owner. You know, it's going to be the or an American. It's going to be one of the big hitters at the end of the day. And I I think there's a lot of things already in place from what FSG have done. So all they will really have to do to start with is invest in the squad, which if you look at other clubs that need take right for a takeover, like United, they need a lot more development. Like they need they need their ground sorting out and stuff like that. So it's, it's a very exciting opportunity for people, if, for rich people, if they want to own a football club. And as a Liverpool fan, I'm excited because, obviously, as a fan, you want to see your club buying players. Um, and that is what could be on the horizon. So, what's not to be excited about? Nice. Dale, give me your thoughts, mate. You're, um, I mean, for me, I've always looked at it like, I, I remember the days where the Conky out was a massive, massive movement. And I think we probably wanted our owners out higher and more than ever a Premier League club has ever has ever wanted. Our protests were just above and beyond what other clubs were doing. And now you look at us and we're top of the league and, you know, we're finally invested. Edu's redeemed himself in some sort of way or another. Um, and, yeah, I've always looked at it as the grass may not be greener. And I, I said that then, I'll say this now. Um, but are you, are you hopeful and optimistic on, on this transition? And also... How long do you think this can take to implement? Because obviously, like Lisa, it's now up for a billion, billions of pound. It was bought for 300 mil. So it's not just going to be anyone, you know, like we we had rumours of the Spotify owner taking charge of us at some point. Uh, and it all just gets a bit out of hand. But what do you think the prioritations should be? Um, and do you think there'll be a lot of movement outside of the club as well? As in, can you see pl- like a lot of players maybe being looked at and, sent on their way do you think this will send a message to players that have perhaps bide their time within their mm-hmm. liverpool shirt 
I think there's already plans to move a lot of people on anyway from a lot of the rumours that have been circulating over the last sort of six months is that Liverpool have been pushing towards a transition for the next, for the last sort of six six to 12 months. We've been hearing that next summer there's going to be um, investment. I think it is just a case of FSG. They know that they're not, Liverpool are probably not going to be valued as high as they are right now in the future because yeah. I think, and also I think there's a lot of... Um, Obviously, do you think a rebuild is on its way then? So, like, sort of what Arsenal. I don't, think, I don't think it'll be a huge rebuild. I think it's a mini. It'll be a mini. It'll be a mini rebuild. It'll be yeah. four or five out, maybe four or five in, just freshen it up. But I don't think. But even know, that can escalate. Even that can turn into something where. Yeah, you're... but I think I, th- I I don't think Liverpool will listen. FSG have always said they'll they'll do what's best for Liverpool. I can't see them selling to a to anybody who's going to dismantle the good work that they have done. Um, I think they'll be quite picky with who they sell to. I don't think they'll want to see it fall down in any way um, with owners like, you know, like Hicks and Gillette or, or, or a pair like that. You know, I think there's going to be every listen, every man and his dog who's got a billion pound or more is going to be going to be linked to Liverpool at the minute. Um, the reports today are that Dubai have been trying to buy Liverpool for the past four or five seasons. Um, I think the Prince of Dubai is he's worth about 830 billion. And he's been wanting to buy. He's been wanting to buy Liverpool for some time. Stupid money. There's, there, I think. I think the thing is. I think, I think the, thirty billion. I think the thing. I think the thing is is that obviously Liverpool fans and a lot of fans have said that they don't want to be owned by like state money and stuff like that. But with City and Newcastle and PSG, what what else can you do other than just accept that that's the way football is now? Just, yeah. You've got to accept it. Well, a lot of clubs are, are in that position as well. Like New, Newcastle, you just touched on and I did earlier. Look at the run they're in at the moment. You know, they're, they're in the top four, for God's sake. They're exactly where they want to be. Um, and they've barely even, as much as people can say they've brought in Isaac, you know, they, they brought in Gamirez. They've barely even touched what they could do at this point. They've still got a lot of money they could dip into, you know, a lot of, a lot of good players they can bring into the club. I, th- I think, I yeah, think I'm all for that, Lee. But but look, clubs get away with it, and so will they. And there'll be some point where they go and spend. If they went and brought in three or four right players, adequate players in January, you're going to have people like Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham, arguably maybe even us, because you know we're still not there yet. Rome still wasn't built. We we may we may struggle at some point. There will be a dip in our season where we're sitting second or third, and you know the gaps closing in. A lot of teams like that are going to look at Newcastle and think, "Oh my God, right, we need to be worried because it isn't going to take much more." They've already they've already ticked the right boxes so far. A little bit more investment, and they're going to get there. And Liverpool have just got to see that as a as a good sign, really. I that think, if I if the right that, owners come in, it will pay off. I think the thing is as well is the way that I look at it is that if someone's willing to buy Newcastle and someone's willing to buy Man City, the way that with the owners that they've got, my God, what what owners are Liverpool going to get? That's that's yeah. what's that's the hope that I've got is that we're arguably a bigger team than both of them two put together in terms of our history and our heritage and everything we stand for. I think there's a lot of, I think that they'll FSG will consult the the um, spirit of Shankly as well because they are the voice of the fans basically, and I don't think that they're going to let Liverpool be taken over by anybody that doesn't have the best intentions at heart. Um, so I think that given what Liverpool is and given FSG, given the spirit of Shankly, I think that it will actually go to someone who has a clear plan for what they want to do. I think they'll have to, they'll have, to have a clear uh, intent to invest not only Liverpool, but like the city, 
the, the infrastructure, everything around it. It won't just be Liverpool Football Club. It'll be Liverpool City. I think they've got to invest, have a plan to invest in that. And that's that's what the package is. It's not just a football club. It's it's a city. Um, but I, I'm optimistic. But I think until we actually see, you know, the real hitters come to the table, because at the minute it's just rumours, it's this person, it's that it's person. Gonna be, it's it's going to be a while yet anyway, so... I, I actually, mm. I actually, I actually think that there must be something in it for the timing of it. Normally, you'd wait till the end of the season or, uh, you know, towards the towards the sort of yeah. summer. But I think it's, there's uh, obviously. The thing I find weird is like obviously all these reports are coming out saying oh they've turned down bids here and there like over the last couple of years. It's like well, if you're turning down these bids last year, the year before, why are you deciding to accept them now? I I think there's more. I think there's more happened than what we actually are led to believe because apparently Klopp. You think actually, there's more behind closed doors? Yeah. I think Klopp. They said that Klopp and uh, the players were told of FSG's intentions in the beginning of October. Imagine if just like the World Cup happened and then like come December you've been bought. That'd be mental. I, like, I don't think. I don't think you start. Awesome, no. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think you start a bidding war um, at this stage of the season unless you're con- unless you're confident there's going to be people who want to bid. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's a weird it time in terms of Liverpool as well because they had a bad start to the season and now they've they've sort of picked up a run. Yeah, uh, a few, not... a few, you know, a few hips, buts, and maybes along maybe the line. Why, but... Maybe that's part of the reason they're trying to sell. You know, Liverpool's not going to get any bigger than it is now in terms of. Yeah, but also, uh, yeah, so they, they they know they're not going to win the league this season, so they're probably just thinking, right. Less well, it's not even cutting your losses because, like you say, they're making a massive profit on it. Either or, um, but I think we well, are. Just, oh, just sorry, comic. Just, just just quickly, I think if you remember when Newcastle got taken over, it was about the same time of the year because they mm. were looking forward. To, it was almost yeah, because like it was January, wasn't it? Where St James's Park was absolutely right? rocking. And I think that lit, that a lot's been taken from the way Newcastle announced it, the way that Chelsea obviously got sold as well with the Chelsea's valuation compared to Liverpool with Newcastle, obviously the timing so that they dropped their new ownership or that the, there was a party involved. I think by the end of the World Cup, we'll pretty much know who's going to buy it. I generally think it'll be that quickly. I think that most of the groundwork's probably been done, but they might just be seeing who else might come to the party. Well, speaking of which, um, as much as I don't want to talk about it, because at the moment, Arsenal are flying high. Uh, and this could be seen as coming as the right time because people can say it will give some of our players a break. But we actually have 10 players in our squad that are looking to go to the World Cup. Nine, if what Lee says is true and Saliba does not make the cut. Um, but that I would be baffled by. But yeah, 10 players. I remember like it was two years ago when the only player in our squad getting into a World Cup or Euros was Granit Xhaka. So, you know, we are on to good things. Brazil squad was announced yesterday, so yes, the clock is ticking. Gabriel Martinelli making it. Gabriel hasted. Roberto Firmino not. I'd say that's probably the biggest um, shock for me. I did see his post earlier, to be fair, and I kind of, if I was him, I'm kind of looking at it and I'm thinking, if I'm not getting in now, I'm probably not going to get in. I'm probably not going to make it because he's not the youngest of the bunch, and he's been like one of the most informed Brazilian attackers as well. It's just. It's just baffling. Uh, Very, very baffling. Um, And I'm saying that as an Arsenal fan. I'm happy Martinelli made it. But the fact Firmino Firmino didn't was just a bit... uh, I don't know. I don't understand what goes on there, really, for me. Um, And Richarlison, who's at the moment apparently not even fit, making it above him as well. So... 
But yeah, we're going to talk a World Cup um, less than two weeks now. It is just tw- uh, 13 days until the first game. And we're going to give our predictions. We're going to go around the room and talk our 26-man squad. Um, keepers, I think this would be short and sweet. Uh, four keepers, Pickford, Ramsdale, Pope, and... It's going to have to be Henderson. It's going to have to be Henderson. It can't be Sam Johnston. That is the three. The three is Pickford, Pope, and... and, uh, Yeah, it'd be three, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry, three, yeah, three, yeah. yeah. Um, Personally, I think... Pickford, Ramsdale, and Pope. Henderson will miss out, but... uh, Well, he took a 55... Did that get announced when he was taking a 55-man squad? That didn't get announced originally. Yeah, no, no. So, so it was a... FIFA basically said that all all nations had to submit a a 55-man squad. A provisional 55-man squad, and then from that, you pick 26. I mean, blimey, you might as well just name everybody. (laughs) I think I was in it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My local down the road have got a boozer team. (laughs) They've got some lads in it. Um, But yeah, okay, so... Right, we're going Pickford, Pope and Ransdale. Right, defence. This is where it could get interesting. Um, but I don't know. Injuries kind of make it a little bit easy. How many defenders are you taking, Dale? Uh, sorry, mate. So it's 26. We've already used three, so we've got 23 left. Uh, I've got 10. So, bas- <laughs> so, so basically, I, I, I've, got, I've gone with basically two for each position. So I've okay. gone... So my so my my defence would be for right for the right back slot would be Trent and uh, White. That would be my two. Then in the centre centre backs, I've gone with Walker. Are you telling me you're not taking Reese James, or is this based on him being injured? Uh, it's injuries. Yeah, I don't think I don't think personally I wouldn't take him because he's what's the point? He's he's still yeah. wearing a leg. He's still got a leg brace on. Like it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I went Walker, Maguire, Stones, Cody, Tamori, and Dyer as, yep. as six, six centre backs. And Trippier and Shaw as my left back options. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go off of that and I'm just going to see what I would change and then I'm going to ask Lee the same thing. Uh, I think I'm going by as well that I think we're going to play with a back three, so that's why I've got six central defenders. Six. Uh, yeah, I would I've probably got... leave out Walker, Walker, Maguire, Stones, Cody, Tamori, and Dyer are my six centre halves. I think Just I'd leave out. What? It sounds harsh, but I would. Yeah, I would take Cole. I'll take Cole Walker Peters over Connor Cody, based on his what? versatility playing on left and, and right. Lee's face. <laughs> I like him. Right, so look, this is this is. And we haven't thought. got any other options. Who else have we got to play left no, no. or right back? This is my. This is my. This is my. This is my right back. So right back, right back or right wing back, whatever way you want to look at it. Trent and White, left wing. We haven't back. got anyone, have we? Really? Left back. <laughs> left. Got and Shaw. Yeah, Trippier and Shaw for left. Oh, no. Thinking for, actually, you said nine, didn't you? You said you've, you've, you're taking ten. I'm taking nine. So, yeah, 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 scrap that entirely. I'd probably take the same as you. I still think I'd maybe... I'd want to put I'd want to put an extra fullback in there. This is just based on the fact that Chilwell and Reese James are injured. So, I mean, Chilwell's not going. That's confirmed. I Chilwell think, I think you've got to take one of Walker or James. Uh, yeah, I think I'd take to, take, to take two that might not be fit is yeah criminal. Ring. Yeah, that's yeah. why I think as well. Ben Ben White's proven he can play right back and he can also play centre. Uh, he can also play yeah. centre back. Versatility, hundred percent. Carl Walker's the same. He can play right back or centre back. 
Um, Trippier can play right back or left back. So I think that with them two, with Shaw and Trent, who are both fit and ready to go, um, I think you've got enough there. With the, then got to be Dwyer. honest, you're taking ten. I, I I'm trying to think of who I'd leave out of them, and it probably is Connor Cody. Can't be Tamori. It's not going to be. I think you got. Stunned. I think you got Maguire, Stones, Cody, Tamori, and Dyer at any three. I'd like to say Dyer, but Dyer's going to go based on who he's playing for at the moment because I know Southgate. I, think I would take ten. I think I would take ten. I think in two for each position. If you're playing a back, if you're playing a five at the back, I'm, think, I'm thinking. Walker, I don't want to play a bloody five at the back. But that's what he's going to play. I'm thinking even, Walker, Walker, Shaw, White, Cody, Stones, Trippier, Trent. Can, can we establish this though? Are we are we giving what we would take or what we think Southgate's going to? That's what. A bit of both. Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. Person, okay. Personally, I think if we're going with a back, if we're going to need a back five at some point in the tournament. I think with them, with them ten players, you've got versatility to be able to play with a back four or a back five. Okay. Personally. I would. I, I, the only thing I would maybe not do is take one, not take one of them, and it would be uh, Cody. But Lee, based on you taking ten, is there anything you'd change? There probably isn't, to be fair, because I don't think injuries. So. I think, yeah, I think injuries me, make it a bit difficult. You're right, you're right back. You've got Walker, Walker, Trent, Trippier. Or can be used as left back. You've got Ben yeah. White as well. We could play centre back or right back or right of a back three. Um, I'd have Connor Cody in there, Stones, Maguire, Dyer, and Tamori. Tamori's got to go. Oh, ideally, I would like to not take Maguire, but mm, yeah, I'm the same. But he's he, going to go. <laughs> he does. He does turn up a lot of the time for England. So yeah, at a country level, from a country like from a from a World Cup or Euros perspective, he has turned up. Um, I think, and he I even think, did in the penalty shootout in the final. He was the only. It's quite funny that everyone talks about Trent's defending and how he could cost them, but no one talks about how Maguire might cost England in the tournament. So do you know? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what what annoys me as well about the whole Trent situation is? I know that people say that oh, he could cost us, but he could actually win it. He could actually win a lot of things yeah. for us as well. Do you know mm. what I mean? Especially With if his, you look at the group games when you're playing yeah. the likes of Iran and. USA. Yeah, he's good at moving the ball forward. It's just, it's just the defensive attribute that can be questioned. I think, but I think yeah, if I think if Chilwell, if Chilwell and Reese James are fit, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot tougher. Yeah, Jane, Jane, I think James could still go. I don't think he will or should. I, I agree, he shouldn't. But I think, yeah. I think Southgate will just take that risk if he needs no, to. Even problem. though I think he shouldn't. This if is he wasn't problem. if he wasn't naming it this week, I think he could possibly go. But in fact, he's got to name it this week. Surely he can't include. I just mm. think as well, it, it it would be a complete disrespect to like Ben White to then take a player who's not even fit. Over for the record, well. for the record, if James goes, I think Ben White still does. No, I don't even think he will. If Reese James is fit, I think Ben White stays at home. Personally, because he hasn't been tried and tested. He knows Trent. He knows Trippier. He knows Walker. He knows but Ben Trippier. White has been. But Ben White's yeah, yeah, seen yeah. as a centre back as well, yeah. and he has been. He's not, not done badly at that position. He was in the provisional squad last year, wasn't he? But yeah, but he hasn't he hasn't touched a ball for England since I don't think. No, he hasn't. Personally, I mean, if, if, not if, taking if, Ben White would be an absolute disaster agree. because he is definitely. I think, right. I think he's a very weird bloke. I don't. I'm a bit, <laughs> he's a bit suspect, but um, <laughs> he's a bit suspect. Uh, his interviews freak me out. <laughs> I, th I think we're all. Did, I think it's a bit like that one from the um, the young guy from Palace the other day, wasn't it, Michael Elise, where he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, think I mean, you've just agreement. played the Premier League football. Benjamin. Oh. I, think we're, I think we're all in agreement, though, aren't we, with M10? I think they're the, yeah. they're the 10 that yeah. are pretty much, I think, we're in agreement with. Mid, midfield, this is where it gets interesting. We've got 13 positions left. 
no, only went ten. Oh uh, with... yeah, thirteen. Sorry, We've, we're I, halfway through. I went with I went with six midfielders. So I went with Reece, Bloody, uh, you've got seven attackers. Yeah, yeah. So I've got I've got Rice, Bellingham, Hendo, Mount, Madison, and Foden as my midfield options. Playing Foden in the ten, yeah. Playing Foden in the midfield, but I think Foden could. I can't wait to hear your attackers. He could flip between both, couldn't he, Foden? Because so. I would have put Foden in an attack. Yeah. So now that I'm now I'm thinking. Oh, I've got um, seven. Okay, I've so got I class the wingers or attackers as midfielders. I just have defence midfields and forwards. Okay, right. Yeah, you could so, split it up. You could split yeah. it up. Right, so from Dales, I have... I mean, I think the the main midfielders are a bit obvious. You know, like your Rice. Your Henderson will go for leadership. Um, and to be honest, we haven't got much experience in that squad at the moment uh, based on what I'm, what I'm listening to so far. So it'll be good to have him for experience, for leadership and... Rice and Bellingham are no-brainers. No Foden's a no-brainer. Uh, and Madison is probably the only one where it's going to be like a bit to. new. He but he go. has to go. He has he to has go. To go. Um, he's He's been playing for one of the worst teams in the league and he's got one of the best attacking records this season. Yeah, I think I that speaks like for itself. One, I feel like there's one there's one difficult decision in the midfield. Because for me, it's like Saka, Grealish, Madison, Rice, Foden, Mount, Bellingham, Henderson. And then it's either... Ward Prowse or Calvin Phillips, whoever. If if Calvin Phillips proves either. his fitness, I wouldn't take I either. Yeah, either. I'm with Dan. I haven't, got, have to. I haven't got either. I what, think, you know, I three centre mids. I've got Rice, Jude, Hendo, Mount. They all can play centre mid, and then Madison and Foden. Oh, I don't know about Mount at centre midfield. Though. I don't know how I feel about that. He I played, feel like you're even your squad too short. You're not going to. Mm. How are you going to fill your 26? You've got 26 places, mate. <laughs> Listen, wait till you get to my strikers, my forward players. And I'm intrigued see. to hear this. I think because... pers- personally, I think Foden's better in a midfield three. I think Madison obviously can play in a midfield three. Mount can play in a midfield three. And then you've got Rice, Bellingham and Hendo. I'm so hearing Lee's play. argument though as well, because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking if Rice or Bellingham was to get injured, I'm not saying they will, and obviously I hope they don't. That's a very tricky situation. You're playing Mason Mount in a number in a potential six role or a five role. No, because Henderson it's... would play that. Henderson's Rice's backup, isn't it? Do you, you know, do you do you honestly yeah. think Jordan Henderson is a starting eleven player no, no, for England? No, no, that's what I'm saying. He's not no, starting. He's backup. He's backup. So got I Rice don't even and, think he should be backup. You got Rice and Rice oh, and Hendo. Rice and Hendo will be your six. Not harsh. I want to win something. You got Rice and Henderson who will be your six, and then if you play with two eights, you could play with either one of Bellingham, Mount, Madison, or Foden in an eight. Personally, I, that's I, I'm I not convinced. I, I, I'm kind of. I'm a bit. It's a bit chalk and cheese because I agree with the options, but I also agree with what I agree with what Lee's saying. You're one injury away from leaving yourself short in a centre midfield in that CM role. I I don't think Mount can live up to that. We're not going to play that. We're not going to play that. We're going to play with two. We're not going to play with a midfield. You're only really going to play with one forward, so you pack your midfield out. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't see how someone like Phillips can get in the England World Cup squad and kick the ball all season. I mean, so Lee, I'm guessing you would take one next. Striker or forward, and you would put Warprouse or Phillips in, yeah. I've, I've got, f- I've got five forwards, so I'd, so Dale must have six. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, Dale's got yeah, Dale's got um, <laughs> seven midfielders and. I've got seven. I know because you've midfielders. you've counted. Fa- yeah, he's counted fa- uh, Foden oh. as. I've got six midfielders and seven and seven what I've seven, seven attackers, yeah. So I've got I've got Kane, Wilson, Rashford, 
Sterling and Tony. Tony's yes, not know. going. Tony's not no, going. And where be, is Saka? It'd be, it'd be between Tony, uh, Wilson. Are you telling me Saka is not going to the World Cup? Yeah, he was in my midfielders. Oh god, I was just about. I was about yeah. to switch off this this call. So my so my so my seven what I call attackers are Saka, Kane, Sterling, Tammy, Wilson, Grealish, Rashford. Yeah, I don't think Tony goes. Um, Obviously, based on the rumours going on at the moment, it doesn't sound like he will anyway. There is a potential six-month ban uh, investigation, so he's not going to be getting called up for England anytime soon. It's a very horrible timing for him. Uh, very horrible. And to be honest, I think that was... I'll be real. I think that was his last punt. I think that was his last throw of the dice for England because he's been having a good run for Brentford. And in two years' time, he's going to be getting knocking on that door of 28, 29. And it's going to be a case of better players... More competition, and it you know it's I it's going to go said, like that. It said it all with uh, with Tony when he got put in that squad for two friendlies and didn't get a kick. That's a yeah. Team. I I think that I think the competition already is too high for him at the moment, Ivan Tony. And with what's happened in the last few days, it hasn't gone in his favour. And yeah, this is his last throw of the dice, and I don't think he's going to get a better opportunity than now. There's going to be players like Maduuki and stuff that come rising through the England squad um, and they're going to get given an opportunity and they, I, Tony would just be looked at as the worst of a good bunch um, but yeah for me I'm more edging towards Dale's selection uh, although I don't think Callum Wilson is going to make the cut I think this is where or Ward Prowse or Calvin Phillips perhaps do come in um, I don't think Callum Wilson will make it as much as I agree he's had he's does perform for Newcastle when he needs to. I don't think we need that many attackers. I mean, last season in the Euros, we barely even saw the play, the attackers we had on the bench. Kane was used a lot of it, which he will be again this time round. Rashford's have had a great season. He's going to be getting some sort of opportunity. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't. I don't think we need seven. Not strikers as such, but seven attackers. When we play such a high midfield, such a big midfield, I, I can't see that happening. Um, for me, it would be an extra midfielder in, so, right, so if the, in replace if the, of Wilson. If the question is Wilson doesn't go, uh, are we saying it's between Madison, Phillips and Ward-Prowse for the last spot, last two out of three spots? Yep. I've got them all in. <laughs> I've got 26 people. Yeah, but you... Um, you didn't put Tony in, did you? No. Dale did, so that's one. I didn't put Tony in. I got Tammy. Yeah, I, I replaced Tony with Tammy. Yeah. I got Rashford, Grealish, Wilson, Tammy, Sterling, Kane and Saka. So if we're saying Wilson's not going to go... Yeah, I've got all of them. Then we would what, put in Phillips in the midfield. So your midfield would be Rice... Hendo, Jude, yeah, I know Dale's Dale Dale's definitely got twenty three because I've I, I've been swapping in and out when people come in. Wilson would come out for me for probably Ward Prowse because yeah, Phillips hasn't been played. Who was your midfielders then? Uh, Saka, Grealish, Madison, Rice, Ward Prowse, Foden, Mount, Bellingham, Henderson. He's putting Phillips and Ward Prowse, whereas I haven't got either. Aha, uh-huh, there, yeah, you've got both. No, I haven't. I'm sure you've just said you've. I said it. I said it would be between one of them two. Oh, between one of them. Okay. I think we're all. I think. I think majority of us are on 
pretty much yeah i think the only thing is i think the only thing is is the is the potential of do you take an extra attacker in wilson and leave yourself short in a cm or (laughs) i think you think what I think you're probably right. I think Wilson may not make it and possibly Phillips makes it. I just think that would be a bit silly. Phillips sure. wouldn't make any sense because he's not playing. And I get it's all on country form, which, okay, fair enough. If it's on country form, Phillips was brilliant last year, so fair enough. But I I'm not so sure. I generally think out of the 20, or is it 26-man squad, I think there's probably only three position, three spaces that are pretty much up for grabs. I think yeah. the other, I think twenty three is pretty much guaranteed. And even even Madison's is probably now pretty much set in stone. Madison, yeah, I feel like there's um there's one position, there's like one one forward, one midfield, one defence position, which is up for grabs. It's questionable, yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's pretty much set in stone. Isn't it? Personally, I think I think we'll be I I think personally, you're going to see Reese James's name on that on that on that plane. I just got a feeling. I don't agree with it. I don't think he should go, but I just got a feeling. It'll probably come out like Thursday, wouldn't it? So it'll be interesting to see what he goes with. He literally um, did, an, he did an interview yesterday and he's wearing a leg brace. Like, <laughs> how could this is Southgate, though. It's not like we've we've made this mistake in past tournaments with like mm. rugby and stuff. Like, it doesn't work. Just take yeah. the players who are fit. If you're not fit, yeah. it's, it's, it's as bad. Reese James is young enough to have another two World Cups. Do you know what I mean? It's Trent missed the Euros because he pulled it's a, not like pulled a hamstring out. Well, it doesn't matter because once quarterfinals is here, I'm supporting Brazil anyway. I'm just temporarily supporting England. Let, let's Depends quickly on get in a sweepstake. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's quickly. I've got a question for both of you two before we wrap up. Taking your England hat off, who do you think is going to be the surprise package in the World Cup? Surprise package. Oh, this is quite oh. tough. Argentina. Mine's I think, Holland. I think Holland. Me- I don't think Argentina are a surprise package, though. I, I don't. I don't think that's fair. Sorry, Lee. I'm calling I, you out. I don't think they've been very good in recent tournaments. But no, it's the Messi. But that's, isn't it? The I, last just I just think it's Messi's last hurrah. He's in blinding form. Could be. Um, I'm going. Nephew. I'm going to say surprise package. Senegal. Okay. I'm thinking of someone that. Both wouldn't be expected to go far. What do you say, sorry, mate? European teams might struggle in the heat, to be fair. Senegal are used to it. So yeah. I, I've, I've just got this feeling they're going to be one of those teams that perhaps process... A li- uh, I looked at the um, like the, the routes that teams can take. We've got a very tough one come the quarterfinal. And I'm guessing that means it's not as so tough... Uh, for some of the other teams, Senegal in particular, and I mean Italy are out, so you haven't got them knocking on the door. But yeah, Argentina is a good pick, and obviously, like you've got the likes of Belgium, they've still got all the quality in their squad. They don't live up to the potential, but they have got it. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, next week, people, I know some people have been tuning in on Twitter. Do make sure you come over to YouTube and get involved in the comments. Uh, next week, we will be giving our predictions as to where England will finish and our winners. And the reaction to Southgate's squad. Uh, will it come home? Look, we've had two we've had two good opportunities. I'm not so confident this year. I'm not excited. I, I, I kind of just wish Premier League was continuing so I can keep going down to the carpet. Uh, we've got League Cup this week. I'm off to the Emirates tomorrow. And yeah, hopefully, look, ho- hopefully Arsenal keep it going. To me, at the moment, domestic cups 
it's hard to look into it when we're doing well in Europa and Premier League. Um, but yeah, Premier League is back this weekend and we're going to be talking about all the last games before the World Cup next week, along with the World Cup predictions. Cheers, people. Take care. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Do not scratch your eyes. You are really seeing the most extraordinary